Many people in the secular world today are pointing to the year 2012 as the date for the end of the world. What is the basis of this speculation, and is there any biblical basis for it? Stay tuned for an interview with a Bible prophecy expert who has written a book about the subject. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I are delighted to have with us a very special guest, a Bible prophecy colleague named Mark Hitchcock. Welcome, Mark. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. It's a great blessing to be here with you all. Well, it's always a blessing to have somebody from Oklahoma come down to Texas to get enlightened. That's right, it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I've, uh, I spent three years, that's where I came and got all my spiritual enlightening at Dallas Seminary, but there I had to go. take it to the, to the heathen back up more. Okay, okay. Well, Mark is the uh, pastor of Faith Bible Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, and is a prolific writer about Bible prophecy. He is also a much in demand speaker at Bible prophecy conferences all over the nation. And I'm also also glad to have with me Nathan Jones. Uh, Nathan is uh, going to help me with this interview. He's our web minister here at Lamb and Lion Ministries and one of our evangelists. And in that capacity of web minister, he spends five days a week on our website responding to questions from people literally all over the world. Nathan has also established himself as a very well-recognized writer about Bible prophecy topics. Nathan, why don't you start our interview with Mark? I'd be happy to. Well, it's good to meet you, Dr. Hitchcock. Yeah, likewise. I love reading your books, and particularly, I'd like to know a little more about you, though. This is the first time I've got to meet you in person, and uh, Dr. Reagan says that you pastor our church in Edmonton, Oklahoma? That's right, in Edmond, Oklahoma. Edmund, okay. That's right. Yeah, I, uh, I uh, went to, grew up in Oklahoma City area. I uh, went to Oklahoma State University, and uh, then I went to law school after that, and I worked for four years at the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals for uh, a judge there. And uh, then I uh, left there and went to Dallas Seminary and I uh, came back to Edmond, Oklahoma, where I've been the pastor of uh, Faith Bible Church there now for 18 years. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Well, that's long. a fascinating uh, background, Mark. Uh, uh, very similar to mine. You know, I was a professor of international politics right. for yeah. 20 years before I went into the ministry. And, and here you are with a law degree and uh, now a, a pastoral experience and all. When in the world do you find time to write all these books you write? Well, the church I'm at is a, is a great group of people, great elders and leaders there, and they, they really encourage me to do uh, the work that God's called me to do. And so, you know, I preach on uh, Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights there at the church, and uh, just take a couple of days a week and, and uh, spend time writing. And I also, I, I got my Ph.D. at Dallas Seminary. It took nine years. I went back and forth and did that in my spare time. So, Well, I know people have been working on them for 20 years. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Why Bible prophecy? I mean, being a lawyer, uh, what got you really into that? Well, I got interested in Bible prophecy really as a young a young man. I was about uh, 12, 13 years old. Late Great Planet Earth came out in May of uh-huh. 1970 when I was 11 years of age. And the people in the youth group, my sister was a couple years older than me, all these young people were reading this book. And I remember reading it. And at that time, I remember even as a boy picking this up and understanding, you know, this, this really has to do with what's going on in our world today. And then, you know, like a lot of young people, that was kind of dormant in my life for a while. And then in my early 20s, when I began to study the Bible, I just realized there were large portions of the Bible. I had no idea what they were about. And I, I came to see that if I was going to really understand the Bible, I had to understand Bible prophecy. So that's really what got me interested. I, what I would really 
uh, say for myself is I have a love in Bible prophecy, but really I love the Bible. And to me, if you love the Bible and almost a third of its prophecy, then you're going to love prophecy. <laughs> so I don't consider myself a, you know, someone who's uh, necessarily in love with prophecy. I just love the Bible. And the well, that, that, well, t- well, tell me, well, now that you have become a Bible prophecy teacher, lecturer, writer, and so forth, and you look back on your life, how would you say that legal training has helped you? Well, you know, when you go to law school, you learn how to examine things, examine evidence, not just take what people say uh, at face value, to look at it, to examine it, to think critically about it. And I think the experience I had in law school, and then also, you know, it, it shows God's providence in our lives. I went to work for a judge and basically worked with him researching, writing opinions for him, and had no idea that I was going to become someone who, was, who wrote books. And you, you can look back in your life, probably a lot of people can, and see how God was really guiding and leading your life every step of the way for what He ultimately wanted you to do back when you didn't even know it. Same thing happened to me. I ran from the Lord for 20 years. You weren't running, but I was because the Lord had called me. And I said, here am I, Lord, send anybody but me. And um, when I finally came to the end of myself and said, okay, Lord, I'm tired of this, He handed me a ministry in Bible prophecy. And for 20 years had been teaching international politics. And Bible prophecy in the end times is all about what? International politics. So even when I was running, He was preparing me for what He wanted me to do. Yeah, and that's wonderful to look back on our lives. And I think that's an encouragement maybe to parents watching for their children or maybe young people, you know, thinking about what does God want me to do? Just follow what God's showing you to do along the way and He'll be preparing the path for you. Amen. Welcome back to our interview of Mark Hitchcock. Mark has just published a book about the widespread speculation and even hysteria that the world will come to an end on December the 21st, 2012. The book looks like this, 2012, and the subtitle is The Bible and the End of the World. Well, Mark, what is the basis of all this speculation? Well, it comes from the ancient Mayans uh, who lived down in the area of the modern Yucatan Peninsula. Folks who have been to Cancun, kind of that area, yeah, yeah, Mexico, and then went on down into modern uh, Guatemala. And uh, the, the Mayans were amazing mathematicians and astronomers, and they were literally obsessed with time. I mean, they loved time. <laughs> they had lots of calendars, didn't they? They had twenty calendars that they used, and they had they had three I main can't even ones. Keep up with one. Oh, I know, but parties. They, they were incredible, though, and in, in, in the structures that they built, everything in their whole civilization was built in relation to the to the universe, to pointing to something uh, important in, in uh, with the stars, with alignments. It's really incredible to read about them. And they had several calendars, they had three main ones, but they had this long count calendar that measured periods of 5,125 years. They saw all of time, really, in these five ages. And four of them, according to their uh, mythology, have passed. So the last one started on August the 11th of 3,114 B.C., Wow. And it's going to end on December 21st of 2012. Now, some say these other four ages all ended in some great cataclysm, although there's a lot of uh, speculation about that. Now, the problem with that is really most of that's before recorded history, so <laughs> right. we really don't know. <laughs> and even the Mayans themselves, their descendants who live down there today, say that you know 2012 is not going to be the end. That's not what they intended at all. So some say you know, this is going to be the end of the world. When 2012 gets here, December 21st, some say this is going to be a, no, it's going to be a new beginning, a great global transformation of human consciousness, you know, that's going to take place. But this, this is one thing to me that's fascinating about the Mayans. Without computers, without telescopes, 
they knew that the earth, as it turns on its axis, wobbles one degree every 72 years. So to complete one of these cycles, it's called the precession of the equinox, takes almost 26,000 years. And that will be completed on December the 21st of 2012. Now, what period of time in history are we talking about here? Is this before Christ or after Christ that the Mayans lived? Well, they started before Christ, you know, around 1500 B.C., but really became uh, a, a greater people about 400 B.C., but they reached their peak about eight or 900 A.D. A.D., yes. Yes. When and there then was they about, just suddenly disappeared, right? They just vanished, and no one knows what happened. They don't know if it was disease or over-farming, famine, you know, which kind of just adds to the whole mystery of these mm-hmm. people. But but they knew an incredible amount about time. They knew an incredible amount uh, about, uh, about the universe. I mean, the, the inventions they had and the, the exactness of their calendar is amazing. I always tell people, you know, if it depended on me, we wouldn't have the wheel yet. <laughs> you know, I look at these people and the incredible advanced civilization they had. But isn't all the speculation about some sort of cataclysmic event can't all that really be traced back to one individual who began to write articles about this and it's all just speculation? Yeah, Jose Arguelles back in 1987 uh, came out with a book called The Mayan Factor. Who is one weirdo. Yeah, he is, a, he is one weirdo. They had the harmonic convergence, you know, that they talked about at that time. And really the, all the, the underpinnings of this whole 2012 phenomenon really are new age. Yeah. In fact, this has been called by some the, the new age eschatology or the, the, the end time view of the whole new age movement. So just like the other religions of the world all have some view of how things are going to end, this is kind of the New Age uh, viewpoint. But it's fascinating that the Mayans themselves never said any of this. It's kind of popular culture that's caught on. Of course, the movie that's out on this, the most expensive movie ever made Mm -hmm. on 2012, it's really feeding this. And I think the other thing that's feeding this, you know, there's a lot of fear out there today in our culture, a lot of uneasiness about But would it be true to say that there is not one single Mayan expert, I mean academic expert Mm -hmm. in the world, who agrees that this calendar marks the end of the world? That's correct. There's not one. And, and scientists at NASA and others, you know, say, you know, none of this galactic alignment is going to cause the end of the world. It's all being driven uh, by people really, again, from this new age background. But there are, there are hundreds of books out there. If you put in 2012 into the world, you get 18 million hits last time I checked on Google. I mean, that's how much it's out there. And it really is causing a lot of fear and anxiety in the hearts of a lot of people. Well, your mention of galactic alignment, uh, you were asking a question beforehand about other factors. What was it? Yeah, the Mayan calendar. I definitely hear that tied to the 2012 end time scenario. But I've heard some other things, too. Is, Is the Mayan thing just the only Factor? Well, it's the basis really of all of it, but there are several other things that apply as well. Uh, we do know that on December 21st of 2012, even astronomers say there is going to be this alignment between the Earth and the Sun with the center of the Milky Way galaxy for the first time in 26,000 years. Again, the Mayans knew that. I mean, that, that is staggering that they knew that. The problem is they knew a lot about calendars and a lot about astronomy, but they didn't know the future. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem with Were that. Were even their ziggurats supposed to be living calendars? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 one of the large ones they have, there's 91 steps on the four sides, you know, and then the, with the top equals 365. Um, and the, at the spring solstice on uh, March 21st every year at the big Kukul Khan uh, ziggurat or, or pyramid down in, in, uh, uh, in Mexico, 
when the sun hits it at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the sun, the shadow on it, is like a serpent. It wriggles down the stairs and comes down to this big serpent head. They were able to position that where that would take place. I mean, well, it's, it's stunning. Well, very quickly, before we have another break, uh, just outline some other factors that have gone into all this speculation in addition to yes. the Mayan calendar. Yeah, you've got the, the galactic alignment right. that we yeah. see out there. Solar flares, 2012 is supposed to be a very right. active year for solar flares, which is a, a fact, actually, that's going to happen. Okay. Then you've got Nostradamus. You know, the, he always seems to get in there. He's, he's always everywhere. there everywhere. He's, he, he seems to be all over the history channel what else? and all. You have Bible codes oh, okay. that some people point to, and also computers. It's, it's called the WebBot Project. <laughs> they okay. say that points to 2012 as well. In just a moment, we're going to come back and ask you to give us an analysis of each of those. Great. Welcome back to our interview with Mark Hitchcock, author of this book, about whether or not the end of the world will come in the year 2012. Mark, before the break, you told us that there were other factors besides the Mayans that affected the end of the world 2012 scenario. you mind telling us a little about them? Yeah, there's several of these. One of them is this galactic alignment. There really is going to be a galactic alignment. The Earth and the Sun are going to be lined up for the first time, they say, in 26,000 years with the center of our galaxy, which means that the Sun will temporarily block whatever energy comes from the center of the galaxy to the Earth. And, of course, this is where all the speculation comes in. What's that going to cause? You know, the poles of the Earth to flip. And, you know, that's basically kind of the thesis of, the, of this 2012 movie that's out there. You know, this is going to cause worldwide uh, devastation. So, but but that, that adds a little bit to the fear of this because there actually is something that's going to take place that they can point to. Well, but the, the thing that I found out in my research on that is that that started several years ago. In fact, the yes. more perfect alignment was several years ago, more perfect than what's going to be on December, in December. Yeah, but that's I, right. No experts put any stock in And nothing's that happened so far. That's right. Nothing's <laughs> happened so far. But it's, but it's one of those things that kind of puts enough little, a little bit oh, of yes. pseudoscience oh, behind yes. it Absolutely. that makes it, you know, they can say, well, there's going to be this alignment that takes place. But I understand there really is uh, good science behind the solar flare idea. There mm-hmm. is. Right. There, there is good uh, uh, evidence behind that. You know, the sun goes through cycles, sunspot yes. cycles. What, 11 years? Something yeah, every like 11 years there's a you know sunspot cycle, but some of them are even much more dramatic than others, and we're due, they say, for a very dramatic sunspot cycle. Now, the last time there was one this dramatic was the late 50s, but that was back before we had satellites yes. and a lot of the complicated electrical grid we have, so we really don't know what's going to take place, but there are some things that could happen related to that, but it's not going to be a mass extinction event. Yes, but it could be like a, an electro magnetic pulse uh, uh, where, where it could uh, uh, interfere with the electrical grids or satellites or things of that nature. And this is legitimate because I, I, I researched that also and found out that NASA has actually issued a warning they about have. this. That's right. And, and we need to take these things seriously. And one of the points we need to emphasize is I'm not saying that there couldn't be something that happens in yeah. 2012. Every year there's some unusual things that happen, <laughs> right. but it's not going to be the second coming of Christ and it's not going yeah. to be the end of the world. That's the thesis I, I have. But the earth is protected by our atmosphere from the solar flares, right? It's not like they're going to erupt and melt the planet or anything. Like no, that. that's right. It's yeah. at most, it's going to be these disruptions. Now, how, how large they will be, you know, no one knows. I mean, if there's, you know, enough disruption in electrical grids, it could be significant. But again, it won't be a mass extinction event, everyone's saying. Well, somehow or other, Nostradamus always seems to sneak into anything yes. cataclysmic. Right. How has that happened on this? Well, Nostradamus, you know, the, the French prophet or alleged prophet, you know, used to look into uh, 
uh, pieces of glass or water. He used a method called scrying, where he'd come up with these alleged prophecies, and they're written in these quatrains, these four-line quatrains. And of course, that make no sense. That they make no sense. And and the fact that he used scrying, an occultic method, should tell anyone who believes yeah. the Bible, who's a Christian, that he's he's way off. Right. Mm. But these quatrains he writes are very vague. They could apply to all kinds of situations after the event. Yeah, it's kind of like the old <laughs> saying that even a clock that doesn't work is right twice a day. Uh, you know, he, you have enough of these statements out there. But the problem with Nostradamus is they're so vague. But he did actually give one very, very specific prophecy. He said the seventh month of the year 1999, the great king of terror would appear in the sky and the king of the Mongols would come forth. Well, that didn't happen because we were alive then. So we know that at least on that account, where he was very specific. Yeah that he was a false prophet. So I don't think we should put any stock whatsoever in anything Nostradamus has Well, to I say. would agree 100% with that. I did a lot of research on him one time, and uh, I found that I would read those quatrains. They made no sense whatsoever, but people would see all kinds of things in them after the event. Then out something else, too, that you probably know, and that is that when you're looking for quatrains on the Internet by Nostradamus, you have to be very careful because quite often his followers rewrite them Yes. to make them say what they want them to say. And there's all kinds of false quatrains on That's there. That's right. Yeah, they, after 9-11, there were several false yeah, quatrains, the, tw- the two towers. towers. But then they went and added other things to make <laughs> it fit even better. Well, so. I understand there's been a new book found by him that uh, uh, that he had written and actually illustrated yes. that uh, has not really been released to the public yet. And they're speculating that in this speculation that there, there are, are prophecies about this 2012. Yeah, it's called The Lost Book of Nostradamus. In fact, you can get on the Internet and look and see these, see these drawings there, and that's where they say he points to 2012. But the problem is they look at these intricate drawings and they'll say, now this means this, and this means this, and this means this. Therefore, it points to 2012. But if they're wrong at one point along the way, it's like a house of cards that comes down. Right. It reminds me of back in the 80s. Orson Welles did this big special on on everything Nostradamus said, and he predicted uh, JFK getting shot, and everything all the way up to whatever that point where Orson Welles did that show, then he made a big deal, look into the future, and he had, you know, world cataclysm in the late 80s and the destruction of the world in the 90s. Nothing has happened since. Yes. But, but what always confounds me about Nostradamus is the fact that the world will give him so much significance and That's importance right. to vague statements that have mm-hmm. no meaning whatsoever, as opposed to precise, specific prophecies in the Word of God about the future. They're being fulfilled before our very eyes, and the world just ignores them. That's right, and there are hundreds of prophecies in the Bible. In fact, Dr. John Walvoord said there were 500 that have been fulfilled. So the Bible has a verifiable track record we can put to the test. Yes. You know, predicting Cyrus 100 years before he was born by name, and yet people will turn to Mayan calendars, they'll turn Mm -hmm. to Nostradamus instead of the Bible, and it really shows the the heart of man and the blindness of man. It really does. Prejudice against God. And people also don't seem to be aware that when you start, start talking about Bible prophecy, they say, oh, well, that's all that stuff about the Messiah, and you just read that in there. But they don't understand that in addition to Messianic prophecy, there are hundreds of prophecies about nations, about individuals, about cities, towns, and so, that have been fulfilled that's already. Right. Yeah, it's a verifiable track record we can look at, and the Bible really proves to us itself, it's self-authenticating that it's from well, God. Well, speaking of the Bible, that brings us to another of these factors that people point to concerning 2012, and that is Bible codes. Tell us about that. Well, what they do with Bible codes, and this was a huge uh, <laughs> phenomenon a few years ago, you know, a lot of fury about this. They take the, uh, the first five books of the Old Testament, all the Hebrew letters, and they search using what's called equidistant letter sequencing for clues there. 
And uh, the but the the sequencing or the skips can be up to five hundred letters. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, yeah, they find these codes or things hidden in there. And the problem with that, they've done that with Moby Dick and with War and Peace as well. But it's much easier to do in Hebrew because you don't have vowels. To That's deal right. With. It's a lot easier to do. <laughs> the the problem with there's a lot of problems with Bible codes. And I, I talk about those a lot in the book. But a couple of the problems. One is Jesus didn't ever use this. You had to have computers to do it, which means this was <laughs> hidden to people before that time. And the other problem with Bible codes is, uh, to me, is, you know, it's, a, it's an exercise in Monday morning quarterbacking. They come along and tell you these things after they've already taken place. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Bible codes, back in 2006, Mike, when Michael Drosnan wrote Bible, the original Bible code book, he said 2006 was going to be a time of nuclear holocaust, Armageddon. Well, it didn't happen. Now in Bible code 2, he says 2012 earth annihilated okay. appears in Bible code. So he is claiming that's in the Bible code. Yeah, so. the 2012 earth annihilated, but he already made these big predictions for 2006 <laughs> that didn't happen. So Again, it's like well, Nostradamus and these others. They, they come up dry and they're wrong, but they want us to believe the like next It's like the fellow who wrote the pamphlet, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back right. in 1988, and then he wrote another one, 89 Reasons Why yeah. He's Coming Back in 89. That's right. <laughs> and neither one of those books are selling too well today either, by the way. Now, I, I have a technical background and I, on the web and, and building websites and stuff like that. And then your book was explaining the WebBots project. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what is the, a WebBot? I mean, what is a WebBot? I know what WebBots are, and I know search engine optimization stuff like that, but the WebBots project sounds crazy. Well, the, with this WebBot, and I, I'm the most technologically challenged person in the world, so someone else could explain it better than I could, but they send out these web robots that go out, they call them crawlers yes. or spiders that go yeah, out, absolutely. and they're, they're to go out and find certain information and to bring things together that are related to one another. And supposedly when they do this on the internet, it was originally created for economic forecasting, but they've, which they probably haven't been very good at, obviously. <laughs> But when they send these out there, supposedly they're getting all this feedback of 2012 being this ominous, important year. But the big problem with that is all the information in the, in the Internet was put there by people. Yeah, we generated and, it. And a lot of it is incorrect. This is prophecy by majority vote. It is. Yeah. So you said put 2012 in. Well, most of the articles are about the end of the world in 2012, right. so the end of the world is going to occur in 2012. Right. It's it self-fulfilling. <laughs> and it, it, but they, they claim they can kind of tap into the pre-conscious out there, you know, that that's and and forecast this but again it's another it's kind of a a grasping at straws again again when we have the word of god that really does tell us the future welcome back to our interview with mark hitchcock the author of the book 2012 the bible and the end of the world well mark uh, you have given us uh, all kinds of secular reasons uh, 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 concerning this speculation about the end of the world in 2012. But I want to end this program by looking at God's Word. What does the Bible have to say about the end of the world? Well, the Bible doesn't have anything to say about 2012, and I think that's very important of any specific date. In fact, you know, when people set dates like this, the Bible, the book of Revelation, there's no dates in it. And, and Jesus said, we're not to set dates. He said in Matthew 24, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Of this day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels, not even the sun. Evidently, Jesus during his incarnation didn't yeah. even know. And history is littered with date setters. That's right. Mm. And they've always been wrong. <laughs> and what I like to say is when someone sets a date for the second coming of Jesus or the end of the world, you can be sure that's not the day that it's going to happen. <laughs> and you remember right before Jesus went to heaven, his disciples asked him, is it at this time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times or the mm-hmm. seasons. So not only... 
are we not to look at 2012? The Bible actually forbids setting dates uh, for the second coming of Christ or for the end of the world. And we know that 2012 can't be the time of the second coming because if it were, the tribulation would have had to have started in 2005 mm-hmm. and the rapture would have had to have already occurred. So we know it can't be the second coming. Now, the rapture could happen in 2012 because it can happen any year. Mm-hmm. The rapture can happen any time. But 2012 cannot be the time of the second coming or cannot be the time of the end of the world. My view is that the, the world's not going to end until the world ending as we know it till the end of the millennial reign of Christ. In so words, even when Jesus Christ returns to this earth, the world does not come to an end. No, that's right. It's going to be renovated, you know, and he's going to enter into the messianic kingdom, the millennial reign of Christ. It's going to be a tremendous renovation of the earth. It's going to be paradise regained. But then it's when we get to the end of that thousand years that the Bible says, you know, I saw a new heaven and a new earth mm-hmm. where the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I think God's going to take it all apart and put it all back together again. So technically, if someone says, when's the world going to end? We could say uh, at least a thousand and seven years from now. And we could also say that in, in effect, it will never end. It'll go That's on forever right. and ever. That's Eternally. right. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth that God is going to, going to make. And it's a glorious go on one, one that That's has right. been... Return to its original perfection. Oh, that's right. It's going to dwell, the Bible says, in righteousness and in perfection. Well, I can hardly wait for that one to come. That's right. Amen. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, Nathan, you got any final questions concerning 2012? There's a lot of people scared out there. How do you comfort yeah. them? Well, I think there's a couple of things we need to do as believers. First of all, you know, when, when opportunities like this come up, like kind of like with Da Vinci Code, when there's error out there and deception, I think we need to step in as Christians and, and take this as an opportunity to arm ourselves with the truth so that we can bend the trajectory of all this to God's purposes and use it as an opportunity of people in your family, people in the workplace, to tell them uh, the truth of, uh, of God's Word. And I think one thing we all need to remember, and this isn't just a trite cliche, is that God is in control. God has the future under control, and God is taking it all somewhere. And uh, we need to rest in that every day in our lives and really believe that and let it sink down and percolate down into our hearts and minds. I like that point you just made. It's one that I make over and over to people because I think people really need to hear it, that God is on the throne, that God still hears prayers, He still answers prayers, that He still has things under control. Mm -hmm. And even when it looks like it's out of control here, God has the wisdom and the power to orchestrate all the evil of mankind to the triumph of His will in history. I always think of Psalm 2, which Mm -hmm. says that while all of the political leaders of this world are shaking their fists at God and saying, I'll do what I please, God sits in the heavens and laughs. Not because He's not concerned, but because He's got it all under control. And boy, I tell you, when I see the world just falling apart at the seams, I think of Psalm 2 over and over, and I urge our, our viewers to read Psalm 2. It'll be encouraging to them. Yes. Well, you know, there's a, a word for God, a name for God in the book of Revelation. He's called the Almighty. In fact, nine times. I call it the prophetic name of God. And that word in the Greek means that God holds everything in His hands, and that God has His hands on everything. He's the Almighty. And I love that because, you know, there's the old song, he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> we really does. I mean, he's, it's the Greek word pantokrator. He's the Almighty. He, he has his hands on everything. And to me, that's the great comfort we can have when we, when we look at this world today that seems like it's in chaos and out of control. You deal with this on a daily basis uh, when people are writing in from all over the world. How do you deal with it? How do you give people hope? I read Isaiah 46.11, the second half of the verse last night in my devotions. And God says, what I have planned, that will I do. 
what I will do that I have accomplished. God has already accomplished it in his mind. We can trust that we're in his hands, we're protected in his hands, and just give it to God. I think we worry so much is because we want to control the situation around us, but we can't. We're too small. So we put our trust in God, know that he's going to do it, and at the end we will be with him forever in a glorified heaven. It, it's just that's what we need to put our, our Thank you, Nathan. On. Thank you, Mark. Amen. I appreciate you, it very God much. Well, folks, that's our program for this week, and I hope it's been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Is all the interest in the year 2012 hysterical speculation, or does it have some basis in fact? How does it relate to the mysterious Mayan calendar? Did the medieval writer Nostradamus predict that the year would mark the end of the world? Does the Bible have anything to say about the year 2012? What does the world of science have to say about it? Dr. Mark Hitchcock discusses all these questions and more in his fully documented book called 2012, The Bible and the End of the World. The book reads like a detective story as the author evaluates all the evidence. It's a fascinating survey of the historical past and the prophetic future. It can be yours for a gift of $15 or more plus mailing. To get your copy, call the number you see on the screen, 1-800-705-8316. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 